This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. We are on season two, episode 17. Thank you for listening. Um, we thought as the storms come in, We'd give you a little, give you our fans something to listen to. So we've got a special guest coming on today. We've got Harry Redknapp joining us today. Harry, how are you, mate? How are you guys? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. You ready for the storm? I think so. I think so. Yeah, we're <laughs> batting down the ashes. <laughs> good, good. And we've got the usual suspects. Dunk, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, mate. You? Good. Still delivering the post. Yeah, you working? Yeah, tomorrow? still delivering. I'm working tomorrow in the storm. Yeah, nothing stops the Royal Mail, mate. I bet you'll still be wearing shorts, won't you? Of course I will. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, how are you, mate? I'm Curly. Good, to, good to see you all. Good to see you, Harry. Thanks for coming on. Yep. Pleasure, guys. Harry, right, so where do we start? I could literally, honestly, when we were thinking about questions to ask you, mate, I think we had about 100. Um, no problem. <laughs> but obviously we won't ask you 100. But what we'll do is, I think we should start at the, at the very start of QPR for you. And... One thing I noticed when, when, we were, when we were looking back was when Mark Hughes left, he left on, I think it was the 23rd of November, and you took over on the 24th of November. Now, the sinister version of me would think that that... What, what happened? How, how did that turn around so quickly? Was it already pre-planned? What, no, no, it, it wasn't. No, really wasn't planned. I got a phone call uh, from Phil Beard asking me, Mark was gone. Um, but there'd been talk about it, I think, you know, a few days before that they were they were interested in me going there. And then as soon as Mark had gone, uh, I got a phone call straight away and met him and, and got it done the same day, you know? So but it's like all, it's like all these deals and all these managers, you know, unless you've got somebody in place, you know, they do things quickly. Otherwise it drags on, you know, Mourinho goes in the day after, um, who did he follow? I'm not sure now. Who did he follow? Um, but whoever, you know, and, and deals get done very quickly. As soon as I met, I met Phil Baird and, and Tony and uh, I met uh, Amit and yeah, I decided that, yeah, it was a, for me, it was, a, it was a good move. I, at that time, I, 
I'd, I'd agreed to take the Ukraine job. I'm glad I never took it now, looking back on it today. <laughs> How close but, were you uh, taking that, Harry? Were you really huh? close? How close were yeah, you? Yeah, very close, yeah. Yeah, I had a few meetings, and it was a fantastic job, a really well-paid job and a good job. I didn't have to live in Ukraine even. It was like, as a manager, you would do a lot of your scouting in Europe anyway, and it meant going over um, maybe on a, on a Thursday, Friday morning, watching the game Saturday and Sunday and then coming home again back to England. And it was flights galore back to Heathrow. So it was no problem getting back back and forward from there. Um, and it was an international job, you know, which was a great chance for me. Then it, the QPR suddenly, Mark went and they got in touch with me straight away when I was almost, you know, on my way to do the Ukraine job. And I changed my mind and, and I thought, yeah, you know, QPR, big club, good club, London club. It, so uh, I changed my mind, you know, it, financially. The other, I'll be honest, the, the, the Ukraine job was a million miles in front of it. But I don't know. I just felt, you know, it was a big, big, big rent sort of going out the Premier League. So I decided to um, to stay with, with, with QPR, go with QPR. What was your first thought? I can imagine being at Spurs. You've got big, you know, training ground facilities. Yeah. You're off at Harrington and... Was it a bit of a, a bit of a change of set? What were your oh, first massive, thoughts? Massive. The training ground was. I found it bleak. Yeah. At the time, windy. Not a nice tr- place to train at all. There's nothing worse than having big, windy, open training grounds where the ball's blowing around and it's it was just bleak. It was, I don't know. It needed trees or something put around one of the pitches or holding put up. Mm-hmm. To, you know, and they did that eventually. They yeah. did that. And um, so I did find it very difficult. The, t- the training ground at Tottenham, was, it was taking me back a little bit to my days at Bournemouth, where I was there for sort of nine, ten years, you know. The training grounds weren't nowhere near. And West Ham in the early days, you know, at Chabble Heath, when that was... But uh, the training grounds have come on so much. But at that time, QPR, certainly their training ground had moved on with the times. Well, obviously, when you took over at QPR, you'd obviously watched them, I'm sure, and, and watched a lot of football. And yeah. You thought you could keep them up. When you took that first training session, I think we were the first game you played, it was United away, and we lost 3-1. I think, I remember I was there, Jamie Mackey scored earlier. We went one nil up. And um, Did you, when you took the training and you looked at the squad, did, did you quite quickly realise maybe this was a, 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 a big job or bigger than you thought? Or did you think that the players... No, I had? knew it was a tough job. You know, I knew it was going to be tough when you go into a club. Mark, you know, Mark was a good manager and he was struggling to win games in the Premier. So I, I thought it would be, I knew it would be a tough, tough job. And there was a lot of players there on massive money who really, you know, I don't know, I just didn't feel that they, they were too, you know, that they, you weren't going to get an awful lot out of them. Really, it was a difficult, difficult job. You know, they weren't, you know, lots of say there seemed to be an awful lot of players there was a group that was sort of out the team that were sort of sent over to train on their own every day. There was about eight or ten of them. Um, so I pulled, obviously, I pulled them back into the squad. Uh, you know, I want to make my own opinions on players. But there was a lot there that uh, I felt would come, obviously, come just from big money and really weren't doing an awful lot for their money. When did, when, when you got, what was, what was, when you Les Ferdinand and Amit, and I know you mentioned Tony, what were they like to to work with as a board? As you know, especially compared to other people that you've worked with. 
great. Tony Fernandez, I thought was a fantastic fella. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant guy. Um, Amit, yeah, smashing man as well, you know, but uh, I, Tony was the chairman. I thought he was, he was top draw guy, top, top man, you know, but I don't think the finances were there really. They spent an awful lot of money. And when you looked at the wages that some of them players were earning, um, it, it was, it was, it was unbelievable really. You know, that was way over what they were worth. And uh, it was a, it was a struggle. When you say that there wasn't money, much money there, that was weird because as fans, we thought that there was, you know, a, you know, a treasure chest at the end of, you know, there. And Well, yeah, I say that, but, you know, I don't know. They, they, when you say not much money, I mean, it's like nowadays, the big clubs, they've all got their billionaires and they run in the clubs, you know, and... Um, you know, it's so difficult to stay in the Premier League as Burnley are finding out now and, and Watford and clubs like that, you know. And there's a level uh, and QPR were a very good championship team came up where there was, it was a struggle. It was a struggle to keep them up, basically. It was difficult, but yeah, somebody else might, I'm not saying somebody else might have kept them up, but I, I, certainly for me, I found it very difficult. At your time at QPR, Harry, who was like your highlight when you thought player-wise, are you really connected with, you know, you're bonded with? Um, a lot of good lads here, a lot of good lads, you know, a lot of good players uh, as well. And, you know, the, the following year when we got promoted, uh, there was some 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 very good lads here, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I brought Charlie Austin into the club. Um, Charlie, did, you know, was a, did fantastic for the team. Uh, um, there was there was lots of people like Clint Hill was a great pro, you know, uh, been been there a long time, fantastic professional. There was you know you you you, you got what you you know like Jamie Mackey would run for a brick wall, wouldn't he? I mean, he'd give everything, you know. <laughs> there was no no you know he'd give everything he had to offer. Yeah. You know he wasn't going to score your bundles of goals, but what what a trier, what what effort he put into every game, you know. So yeah, no, there were a lot of a lot of decent lads there, but there was also some there. There was a bad sort of mixture between one group and then they looked, I think they looked at the other lot who were getting massive money and think they shouldn't be earning it. And there was a bad, I don't know, there wasn't a nice team spirit there. I never felt it was, it was very, uh, very together in, in the dressing room. You mentioned so, Charlie Austin, obviously he's a, obviously a big cult hero. At Loftus yeah. But, um, and you, you brought him in. I know that he failed a medical, didn't he? Um, a hole, I was it. And, did, did, what was when he joined QPR? That medic was it a bit like what they were talking? Did you find that issue, or did you just think there no, wasn't no, an issue? Or? No, no. I mean, he was okay. A lot of people found medicals and 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 play. I signed uh, Ricardo Fuller. Um, he failed a medical. He never missed a game. Never missed a game. I took him on a pay-as-you-play type of deal from Preston to Portsmouth, and he played every game. Never missed. You know. You can fail medicals, but some people have got injuries that you can play through. Some that some you can't, but it might be a failure on something very, you know, that that doesn't stop them playing. So, you no, know, Charlie came in and was played all the time. Didn't he scored goals um, and was a real hit at the club? You know, um, I just want to mention the Dale Traps. You know, obviously, what different people and managers have got different opinions. We've had Clint Hill on. We've had Jamie Mackey on, we've had Charlie Austin on, and they've all had their say on Adele. What was your view of him working with him? Obviously, we know he was a great talent. Oh, amazing. Yeah, fantastic talent. 
fantastic talent. But, you know, he had to train as well. You have to train. You can't come out pre-season six weeks after pre-season when all the running stops and uh, all the hard work and then just want to come out and play football. You know, it's... But, it, what, what, yeah, he was an amazing talent. There was no doubt about that. He could win games. He could do things that were just different and special. So, and I like people like that. I took to Canio. No one's took yeah. more players of that ilk than me. That is, that is what I did. I took people with real ability. I took Paul Merson. I took to Canio. I took people that could really play, you know, Mavericks or whatever you want to call them. But, you know, it, it was hard work. It wasn't easy with, with Adele. I didn't dislike him at all as a person. I had no issues with him. But, you know, and he, he did okay. I think when I was there, he played and didn't play and then he played. Um, but what was the difference between him and Pablo at the Canio or all, the, all these players that you're talking about? No, the Canio was the well, fittest yeah. man. The Canio was the fittest man you ever saw. He <laughs> lived right, ate the right, ate right, didn't drink, got to bed early. First, you know, coming on a Sunday for two hours for warm down, stretching. No, it would be very, their bodies would be slightly different, I would think, if you saw them. <laughs> what, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, but Warnock built a team around Thrapt. Was that nothing? Was that something that you wanted to do, or was it something that you yeah. could do? Or no, I'm listening. Yeah. Neil, 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 got the, Neil got the best out of him for a spell. Um, but that was in the championship, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could yeah. get out of with the Premier League, and I just wondered. But why it's a that... different league, and it you go yeah. to the Premier Championship. Very, very different. Very different. You know, great. You see teams come up, Norwich come up, fantastic team, win the championship, yeah. come into the Premier, go down. West Brom come up, great team, the championship, go down. There's a massive gap, massive gap. People don't realise the gulf in the, in, the, in the two leagues, you know. Um, and, you know, when you, you need all, all hands on deck when you're trying to stay in the Premier League, unless you're one of the big clubs, you know, where you can afford maybe to have a, somebody who can carry... Who, but listen, I don't mind carrying someone special if they do it. But do they do it if they do it on a regular basis or they're doing it, you know, as regular as you could hope for, then you'll you carry them. But if, if they're not performing and they're not going to work hard, you, you've got a real problem. All right, when you were there, when you were at QPR, who was making the um, a good question? One, one, one thing I really want to know is when you were, when you were there, I know before then when Mark uh, Hughes was there and we brought in a lot of, as you you know, players that were in big wages, and I don't know who was bringing them in. But when you were there, we we you know when transfers were coming in, was it you saying I want these players, or was it a case of you know the you know hierarchy um, of picking these players? No, it was no. I I would have had the final say. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't blame. Yeah, if I made bad sign, I wouldn't blame anyone. No, I don't. Um, I'm trying to think who came in at that time. Really. I, yeah, I think I forgot. You first started was um, um, Tal Benayim, Remy, Samba. They were your sort of main. Yeah, Samba. Yeah, Chris Samba looked a good player at Blackburn back in the day, and I think Tony was really keen on Samba. He pushed a boat out to get him the chairman. He really was keen on him, you know, and um, but. He was he was nowhere near the player that was a black that played. Remember that Fulham game? I don't know if you remember. It was a Fulham game, <laughs> and cool. I was yeah, there, yeah. and he had an absolute. St- I don't Knock know if you've ever seen a centre back <laughs> such a bad game. I don't know if no, you were no. there. I know you were angry. I heard your interview after. I don't know if you remember it. <laughs> His confidence went in it. Completely. It was gone, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
But um, Loic Remy was a great player, you know, in, yeah. in France. Um, but it takes time. You know, when you come into a struggling team, it ain't easy. When you're, you know, a striker and you're looking for chances to score or whatever. And it's, it's sometimes it can be difficult. You know, Yossi Ben Oyen was a good player. Fantastic footballer. But, you know, it's not always easy when you come into a team. Maybe with other players, a lot of players, not on the same wavelength as you to start yeah. with. Yeah. When we went down that season, was, was it your intention to stay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And was it all about just building a team to get back up? Trying to get back up next year. Yeah, that was the key, wasn't it? You know, and um, that was that was the whole focus, you know, just can we get back up this year? And, and obviously, um, I always think about that summer, think about Joey Barton and think about him saying he's never going to play in the championship and he's not going to come. I mean, how did, what happened in the summer with him? Can you remember what happened that? with Joey Barton? Because remember, he said he was going to, he, was, he wasn't going to play for us again. He was at Marseille, wasn't he? I think when you when, when you were when you he'd had the big ban from um the Man City game, the you know the Aguero game where he headbutted yeah. people and was banned for quite a while, so he went off to Marseille on loan. Then he came That's back right. and he said he wasn't going to play in the championship for QPR. And then I remember <laughs> turning up for the first game of the season at Sheffield Wednesday and he was starting. I think he scored. Yeah. No, um, he came back and he Joe was a good player. He was back with the club. Marseille didn't take him or whatever. There was no deal you could do with him. So he, he was under contract. He was getting paid. So there was no problem. You know, he was good enough to be in the team. So I played him. Yeah. As a pro, what was he like? Yeah. Because obviously a lot of people will say like he's a bit of a bad egg. How did you find him? No, I wouldn't. Joey's, listen, Joey's the way he is. You know, he's, he's confrontational. You know, he's got strong opinions. He's probably finding out now managing. It's not easy. Mm. You know, it's easy when you're a player second-guessing everybody. But when you become a manager, you realise just how hard it is. And I'm sure he's finding out at Bristol Rovers right now. You know, it's not been easy for him at Bristol, but he knows the game. He was a good player. Uh, and he did a good job for us that year in the, in the Championship, for sure. He was a very important player for us that year. And um, obviously that year, we, had, we, had, we were excellent for the first half of the season. Um, we were brilliant, actually. And then the second half of the season, it seemed to tail off a little bit. Do you know what happened around that time? We've spoken to Clint Hill and, and many players who were in that team. And they just sort of said that it, 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 we just couldn't get out of the bad form that we found ourselves in. Was that the case for you? Or Yeah, it happens. You know, teams go on runs and, you know, I go and watch Bournemouth play every week. They've got the best squad in the division this year. Yeah. Uh, but suddenly they can't win. They get beat at home, get beat away. It happens, and they've, they've they've been lucky the last couple of wins, but they've had wins, and they get beat by Boreham Wood. It happens. Um, it can happen in football. We just, you know, we're struggling to get out of that that bad run, but we hung in there. And when we got to the playoffs, we did what we had to do. We played against a good Wigan team who were dangerous. Yeah, who we were on a big good run, and we went there and did the job, and drew there and came back, and it was a great game at home to win the game. So uh, we did, yeah. You know, you know, we missed out on the automatic, which is obviously what we wanted. But if you're going to go up, it's a great way to go up at Wembley. We brought Ravel in, didn't we? That was a question I wanted to ask. And he was brilliant for like a month yeah. or two. And then he tailed off again towards the end. What was it like working with Well, Ravel like does seem to do that, doesn't he? Yeah, I, mean, I, I love Ravel. He's a good boy. I love Ravel. He was a great, ta fantastic talent. But, you know, he's gone to Derby, started playing at Derby. Now he's not playing. And then, But no, I like, you know, he, he's... What a talent, really. What a waste of his what what a waste in all honesty of a great talent. He could have he had the ability to
to be a great player. There's no doubt about that. A really great player. And I, I, loved, I loved him. I thought, he was, I thought he was a good lad. Not Nothing nasty about Ravel. Nice person. A good lad. You know. Well, he's at Derby it, now, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's at Derby, Derby now. Yeah, playing bits and pieces. Plays sometimes. On, so on technical ability, who was better, Ravel or Adele? Oh, it's got to be Adele, isn't it? Technical. <laughs> no, like just te- technical ability, like just technical. general ability. Yeah, yeah, probably Adele would could do more tricks. Yeah. You know, it'd be trickier with the ball, but Ravel could pick it up and glide past two or three people. Um, but they're both a talent. Both, a ta- both, ta- both very talented players, you know. Obviously, yeah. the playoff final. Do, do, are you? Everyone always says the Gary O'Neill was sending off was the, the thing that won us the game. <laughs> what, no. What do you think of that? No, it didn't win us the game. I mean, no, it made it made it difficult for us when he went off, didn't it? It became very hard. You know, you go down to ten men. It was going to be a struggle. Then we had to, you know, I'm stood on the touchline to be honest with you, and I'm thinking, can we get the extra time and penalties? Yeah. Over ten men at Wembley. It was a tough day, you know. They were a decent team. Derby, all the people always go back and say, "Oh, you know, Richard Dunn was fantastic." Oh, that he was superb. Yeah. Richard Dunn, Green, Ned Manua was fantastic. Richard Dunn, you know, he did amazing that year. Mm. He was brilliant. Amazing. You know, we kept, when he came in, I took him. Everybody thought he looked. He was about two stone overweight. You know, people just thought, what's he doing? Where are we taking him? But he got fit, we got him fit. And he he was just amazing in that championship team. I wonder what he was like a few years before. He must have been unbelievable. Fantastic. Well, I think he was proud of you at Man City about three yeah. years running, wasn't he? Yeah. You, no, he's a good player. You put Char- I remember that game. You put Charlie Austin on the left wing. <laughs> That now would just seem absolutely mad, but was that well, when we got when we went down to ten men? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we had, well we had, we had, we had to have somebody who was going to run with their fullback when he come. <laughs> we had, it, we, it was it was a case of just you know we got Bobby Zamora. Who are you going to put on the left wing? Bobby Zamora or, or Charlie Austin? You know you can't have two of them stood up the pitch. Uh, They've got an extra man. You've got to play with. You've got to spread the whip for the pitch. So you had to stick somebody out wide left to do a job for you to. To do a job and defend and keep them, you know, down that left side. Is that you, Bobby Zamora couldn't do it? Charlie was more capable of doing it than Bobby. So, what went through your head when Bobby scored the winner? How long to go? <laughs> How long to go? Get organised. Don't we ain't won the game? Don't all start going silly and overreact. Let's concentrate and get get finished. We've got, you know, we're giving ourselves a great chance. Let's not waste it now. And and we did so. The party, that was my first fall. the party afterwards must have been amazing. Not really. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I did I went back to the uh, club. Uh, I think I had a cup of tea. Uh, got in my car. Went back. Stayed in London. Went. I had a couple of mates who come to the game. I met them. Went with a little Italian bit of grub. I went. Actually, I went with Don Shanks. Oh, okay. Remember Shanksy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shanksy was there. I met with Don. Don was a legend at QPR back yeah, in the was, day, yeah. bowls and them. And I was with Shanksy and then and another friend, and we went and had a bit of grub. And I went home up past ten. I was went to bed. Mm. Were you thinking about next season? <laughs> the next season? Thinking, thinking about, about who? Yeah, who my first thought. And... I'll be honest with you. I never forget it. I stood on the pitch at Wembley, 
And I'm thinking, how many of these players are going to be okay to play in the Premier next year? Mm. And I got to four, and then I couldn't <laughs> find any more. Which, what, what, who were the four? I'm not naming them, no. <laughs> I, 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 guess I, no I'm guess not naming them because I can't remember. <laughs> I, I, got to, I got to four lads, and I thought, my God. And then pre-season came. We went to Germany. Yeah. We hadn't signed a player. Yeah, I remember. I had yeah. meetings. They said, no, we haven't got any money. We can't bring any players in, Harry. I went to Germany on a tour, and I took, I think, 10, of the U- 10 players with me. And the rest of them were kids. Mm. who had never been around the team, probably never going to get around the team. But we had 10 players. And that's, that was for pre-season training, trying to get a team ready for the first game. Mm. That was how late it was getting. And then suddenly we end up bringing a few players in right at the desk. Yeah. I think Tony and that realised that we've got to do something. Um, and they wanted to do it, but the club, they didn't want, you know, they they didn't couldn't afford it, basically, the club. So they didn't, you know, didn't want to, we bought, was, that the, was that the summer we brought Rio in? It was, wasn't it? Was the... Rio came in, yeah. I took, yeah. I took a gamble with Rio that, that probably didn't pay off, you know. Yeah. Rio was came it... in. I still thought Rio, you know, he'd still been at Man United. I thought maybe he'd still do the job. I thought his no-hour would be, but uh, it wasn't easy for him. Did you know Rio we'd struggle that season? Was, was huh? it, was, did you think we'd struggle? Was that a general thought yeah. that we'd, be in, a, yeah, we'd yeah, be in the right yeah. scrap? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I knew it was going to be really tough. And do you know what? We played really well in some games. Yeah. Man City at home, we battered. We should have beat them that night. Yeah, we should have, yeah. Liverpool at home. You yeah. know, we get a corner and then last minute of the game and then they broke away and on the counter sack and scored. We should have beat them that day, Liverpool. You know, there was lots of games like that that year. We drew with Tottenham. We, you know, we had games where I thought we played ever so well. So obviously when you left, you left, was it the day after the transfer window? Is that right? Yeah. And obviously I think it was a knee. Was there more to that? If they might be asking. Really, no, I was I was a bit I was getting a bit I don't know, I just thought I'd had enough at the time. Yeah. Was it enough of QPR at the time or was it enough of football? No, or? not QPR, no, I just felt I'd had a, I'd had me I'd had me I was watching training sitting on a on a chair on a chair, I couldn't walk with my knees. And I just didn't I driving up every day. I just thought, I don't, you know, I've had enough, really. Let somebody else have a go, see if they can keep them up. There was a little quote floating around at the same time. There's a quote that's come out about that time when you left, saying that you no longer knew who was on your side. Can you elaborate Um, on that? In what what way? What did I say? Um, You no longer knew who was on your side. No, I I think the dressing room was, yeah, there was one or two, I think, that were... There was one or two at the club who, who had the ear of maybe of the chairman. Yeah. Who, who, yeah, who weren't exactly, uh, who thought they knew better. But, Does that happen know. at every football club, Harry? Like, there's always Not that. really, no. No, okay. No, no I don't. I've, I love Tony Fernandez. I thought he was a fantastic person, great man. But you know what? He spoke to the, he, he was too friendly with the players. Yeah, yeah. And he, he let them, he, he listened to them and they could talk to him. They ring him up. That's something I've never had. I don't like it and it's not right. Yeah. So, you, think, you know, and they, they all know better. They all think there's one or two, there's a few of them there think they knew better. Oh, we should be doing this. We should be playing this system. We should be doing, yeah. you know, uh, well, they get. Do you think that's why the club like, failed at the time? themselves to manage, they find out, you know, 
maybe uh, it's not so easy. <clears throat> Do you think that's why the club failed at that time and why we got relegated? Because the players were too involved with Tony and then like, no, undermining the managers? No, I you or... we, were, we were a little bit short of the quality to stay up. We were... We were a Norwich or we were a West Brom or someone. We were a decent team, but then we stepped we stepped out of our level a little bit, you know, and it was a struggle. Yeah. Well, I've got my Harry, I've got an old uh, 60 second quick fire questions for you. A bit of bit of fun. Go on then. So if you could change any law in football, what would it be? Any law, I would say. Uh, what would I change now? I'd probably change this handball law where, you know, you kick a ball at someone now, if their arm's not in a natural position, it can hit that. As you're defending, your arms are down by your side out because you're getting balanced. I see players now going to close people down and they're putting their hands behind their back. How can you defend like that? Yeah. I think yeah. that one's, it'll become an art, chipping a ball at someone's hand. I think, you know, it's got to be a deliberate handball, ball to hand, deliberate. Not ball hitting you on the arm because your arms are sticking out. You're trying to get balanced. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a law that I don't like. Messi or Ronaldo? Oh my god, <laughs> both of both of. We'd have stayed up with QPR with them two in the team. Jam <laughs> <laughs> Roly Poly or Spotted Dick? Oh my god, Spotted Dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you love a Jam Roly Poly. I do, but I like Spotted Dick as well. <laughs> I love all them old sweets, yeah. That's my sticky toffee pudding. Dinner with anyone from history, who would it be? Winston Churchill. Oh, good one. Good one. Favourite goal you've ever seen? Bobby Zamora's. Yes. <laughs> First football kit you ever wore? We never had football kits when I was a kid. Oh, really? People don't... But you don't, you guys, I've got educated now. You don't realize when you went to football back in the day, there was no such thing as a football kit. Nobody but nobody, but nobody except 11 players on the pitch would have a QPR kit. Nobody. People in the crowd didn't have kits. That came in, that came in probably, I don't know, late 70s. Yeah. No one had football kits. So for Christmas, you got a pair of football boots or you get a football. But you didn't get a football shirt. There was no such thing. You couldn't yeah. buy a football shirt. Oh, blimey. Never no. No, that didn't happen. There was no football. There was no replica kits back in them days. Yeah, if you man. saw the old football, look at the old videos of QPR or Cup Final. Everybody's there. Got flat. They've got shirt and tie on. Yeah. Most of them. yeah. No one. There ain't no football kits. Man. Which, which item in your home do you most treasure? Your missus. <laughs> Good answer. Um, and my dog, Barney. Bulldog, <laughs> Barney, I'm sorry I didn't mean to leave you out there, Barney. <laughs> Barney the Bulldog. What, what was your favourite moment at QPR? Uh, it, would be, it would be Bobby Zamora scoring at that Wembley. Yeah. It that would always be a special day, you know. We was all there. It was a great day. It was a great, a great day. A great goal. Bobby was a good player as well, Bobby Zamora. But, Best professional you have ever managed? Uh, Frank Lampard. I've never seen anybody, anybody, anybody could come within a million miles of him mm. when it comes to training every day, two hours after training, the afternoon, four o'clock in the afternoon, dark, raining, out there on his own, training, 
doing his sprints, shooting. Unbelievable. Honestly, unbelievable. Any young kid listening, you want to be a footballer, he proved that you can do anything if you work it. He worked and worked and worked and wanted to be a footballer so much. He used to go and run around the street at night after training, go and run for three or four, do a three or four mile run. He just wanted to be a player. When I signed him, people at West Ham said to me, he's never going to make a player. Yeah. He can't get around the pitch. How can he, how's he ever going to make a player? He ended up being one of the best box-to-box midfielders in the world. Yeah, yeah I remember that press conference that he did. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, on my last one, using QPR players, you've managed, right, pick, and you're the gaffer, pick your five-a-side team. Oh, my God. This is a good one. I like I like asking this. You've got I to have a goalie. Some, I might need some help with this one, don't I? You need one um, goalie. Think QPR when you managed. Greeny, I suppose. Yeah. And you've got four more players. Who are you putting in? Oh, yeah. I suppose I'd have to go with Charlie Austin up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good one. Some... Um, give me some help, lads. Give me some good players. Uh, what about Crank Chart, no? <laughs> Nico, Nico, <laughs> but I don't know what he'd um, be like at five aside. Yeah, he would be. I'd, I'd go with Adele. Adele. Yeah. What about he's done, well since he, he's done well since he took up singing, though. What about what about the back? So you've got Green, Austin, Adele. You need two more. Two defenders. Or you could go two midfielders. Who we got? Give me some midfield players. Um. Ooh. Falling. Jerry in there being enforcer. Huh? Jerry is an enforcer in there. Uh, no. Jermaine Genus. <laughs> Jermaine, no. Jermaine Genus, no. Townsend did a good job, didn't he, when he came in? Oh, Gary O'Neill. Andros Townsend did good. Andrew, Andros Townsend did very well when he came to it. He had a great season. It was amazing of him, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you got. I think you got to put done in, didn't you? You said that was brilliant. I was, you know, a, a, quick, a quick one. I was taking Harry Kane on loan at the start, but then we and we was we was selling um, AJ back to Crystal Palace. Yeah, and the deal was done with uh, with Harry Kane coming on loan that last season. He was coming on loan, and um, and then. Um, the, the deal with uh, AJ fell through with uh, with Palace at the last minute, sort of eight o'clock at night. He wanted to go AJ, and they were offering him another two year whatever contract on better everything. Fantastic. We were getting about one and a half million quid for him, and he'd been injured for over a year, hadn't he? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it fell through. So when that fell through, I couldn't bring Harry Kane in. So I never had a, a spot really. It was. So we could have had Harry Kane, is what you're saying? On loan, yeah. <laughs> on loan, not permanent. Not permanent, on loan. No, yeah. Well, we wish that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Harry, have you seen much so, of the current QPR squad? Yeah, well, I saw the game. Yeah, a few, yeah good. Got some good players. I saw the game at um, uh, Bournemouth. I like Mark Warburton. I think he's a good guy. Good, you know, he's done well, very well. They've got some good players, lots of ability. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they can make the playoffs this year. I don't see a make automatic, but I do think they no. can make the playoffs. And I if they get in the playoffs, they've got as good a chance as anybody. It would be great to see them get up again. You've got the line. And, I, and I'm, big, I'm big pals with Mark Prince, mm, who yeah. did yeah. the stadium was named after his son. 
which is, was a fantastic gesture thing from QPR. It shows you what a caring club they are to, to do that. It wasn't, you know, they weren't bothered about getting millions of pounds off someone. They, they gave it. I thought that was a great gesture on their yeah. behalf. Are you I'm still in touch with anyone from the club? Do you still keep in touch Not with anybody? Really, no, or? I don't. No, I don't really. I don't go back. You know, I don't go anywhere apart from Bournemouth. <laughs> I, I don't go to West Ham. I go to Tottenham. I, I just, I go to Bournemouth every Saturday and watch them play, take my grandkids. And that's, that's it really for me, lads, you know. They've done well, haven't they, with signings? Yeah, well, they're in top of the guy with that squad. They've got the best yeah. squad in the league. <laughs> yeah. They've got five centre-halves. Have a look at their centre-halves. They've got the captain, the boy from Bristol City, he was the captain. Um, Oh, I forgot the kid's name. He's a captain. Um, anyway, they've got Mepham, who plays for Wales, can't get in the team. They've got Cahill, haven't they? They've got they've Gary Cahill. Phillips. They've just Phillips. They've just took another yeah. kid from Fleetwood for, was you it, know, big money. They've got five centre-halves here. Was it Kelly you were looking for today? Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, he's the captain. Good player. Real good player. Yeah. They've got five centre-halves for two positions. You know, and all proper players. I mean, that is how strong that the squad is just unbelievable. Harry, you are done with management now? Is that it? Yeah, Nothing oh, yeah, definitely. You out? Not even yeah, more finished. than you out if they need it, if they want No, to. no, no, I'm finished, lads. Oh, yeah. My, my <laughs> favourite day out now is a day at Newbury Races or somewhere. I enjoy that. You love a bit of horse racing, don't you? Huh? You love a bit of horse racing. Love it. Absolutely, I love it. Oh, I yeah. remember when, when Austin come on this, our podcast, he said he, you and him used to get on a bit about the racing because he loves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Charlie. Like, Charlie's got right into it, didn't he? He had the syndicate and all that, but they're still going. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, look, well, Harry, thanks very much for coming Pleasure, on, lads. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Good luck, boys. Up the R's. Let's hope they make it this year. Certainly the playoffs and... Another trip to Wembley, perhaps Bobby Zamora will come back and score again. Cheers, Cheers, thank you for coming on. Well done, lads. Ta-da, mate. Bye-bye. Well, cheers, thanks. Well, that was decent, wasn't it, boys? Wow. Yeah, hey, great to have him Still a top bloke, isn't he? Yeah, great. And he's still, love, still a lot of, you know, love there for QPR. And I think, like I said, every yeah. podcast we have, it's, it's such a family, caring club. Because everyone who comes on this pod says the same thing. I think there's yeah. more to it. I think there's more to him leaving. <laughs> Possibly, I wanted to probe, but I didn't. Um, yeah, I don't think he was going to give anything out, was he? Nah, nah, I don't think so. I thought he was going. He was going to crack at one point. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, it seems like something was going on. Um, but let's talk. Let's talk Rangers. Let's talk the last two games. Let's talk. Wow. <laughs> The last time we've done, we've been doing these pods in the last year or so. The majority have been pretty good, haven't they? We haven't. I don't think we've ever had to do it where it's been this negative. Well, not negative, but you know. Well, I, I think. Well, I'm going to kick off. I'm going to go for it. I think. Look, I think we've lost two, and we all, you know, speaking to each other, speaking to other QPR fans. We Barnsley was written in the stars, wasn't it? We, you know, you almost could have put your house on it. I thought we. They're just sort of like our bogey team. And I just think, you know, we're, we're fourth, still got game in hand. You know, I, I do think that a lot of Rangers fans, my personal opinion, the expectations are, you know, probably beyond what we, you know, what we are, I think. But 
I think, look, two games we can go in on Saturday at Hull. We beat them. We're right back in it again. You know, it, it happens. You can't, you can't win every game. We went on that good streak. It's going to happen in football, isn't it? And I understand people get annoyed. I was one of them that got annoyed at the time. But if you actually reflect on it, we're sitting fourth in the table, lads. If I, you know, if I said to you, middle of February, we're fourth, what would you be saying? I think it's the matter of the defeat, which is the only yeah. thing, that, the only caveat to that. I agree with what you're saying, obviously, that we're in a good position and we'd have took it, you know, if we were in this position in August. But, you know, I just think since Peter Browse, we've just not looked the same team, have we? No. Well, I think that's the problem as well, isn't it? Like Peterborough in the Cup, okay, it looks only a Cup game, but they aren't a very good team in this league. Barnsley are bottom of the league below a team that had a minus 21 points deduction, like haven't won since November until they beat us. You, like Brad said, it was written in the stars. That's the kind of game we are guaranteed to lose. But like you said, Ben, it's the um, how we performed in the defeats. I've just, I don't know, I don't know what's going wrong since those last few games where everything seems to just slip back into this negative kind of football where I feel like we've been so like our midfield has been so far away from Dyke he's been isolated and I just can't put my finger on what's changed in these last few games it's the high press mate I've, I've just been I mean it's just an observation from the games I feel like clubs are high pressing us and with a bit of pace up top I thought Millwall's pace you know that Ollie Burke going off and the young lad coming on was probably the worst thing that could have happened because it meant that they they had three, you know, Jed Wallace, Mason, that Mason Bennett, all three good runners that could run in behind that just caused us problems for a good sort of 40, 50 minutes um, until when they went 2-0 up. So I always think that it's one thing that we didn't do in, in January was bring in a pacey attacker. Mm, I said that. It's the strikers. Well, I wouldn't, <laughs> Strikers as well is consistency for me. I mean, it's hard for for them to find that, you know, their form, I suppose. But we, we do lack a bit of pace other than the grey in the mix. But I just think one of them, surely one of those three has to come into form. But is there something that we're missing? It, you know, are we pinpointing the strikers when they're not getting the balls that they should be getting? You know, are, yeah. we, are we just picking up Willock and Chair because they stand out the most, you know? But... You can't knock Willick at all. He's been brilliant and he has been feeding those balls in. But have they had much service? Did Dykes have much? Barnsley? I mean, on one level, the results have changed since basically Chair's been back in the team. Is that a reflection on the fact that someone like Amos, when he was in the team, did more leg, leg work, like was up and down the pitch more? Was that kind of link between the holding midfielders and the attacking midfielders? Mm. Does but Chair me, not offer us not offer us that same kind of engine in midfield where he's box to box? But like, uh, for me, you need every week. I think you need a, two players like Chair and Willock in that squad because it's, we do lack create you know creativity, and it's just I don't know. I, I, I've reading been reading a lot about Chair and things like that, and I think some of the comments have been a bit harsh to be honest, but. That's my own opinion. I don't know what you boys think, but you definitely need a chair and a Willock in the mix in that team. We do, but we need to get them the ball. Like, I just felt going to Millwall, they didn't really get the ball. They weren't really influencing the game. Mm. So, I mean, I think it could be interesting with um, Dickie being suspended for the next two games, whether, I don't know, I doubt he will, but whether Warbs 
tweaks the formation for those couple of games, just tries it and doesn't go for a back four. I, I know, I know, it's Wolves, he doesn't do it, he won't do it. But it's just interesting now, I know we've got Sanderson that can fit, fill in for Dickey in the back three, but while we've got an option of now going to a back four for two games, is it something we could just try to see if that can like kickstart our season again? Back four things is a conundrum that I don't, Warburton, I suspect, is probably having, but he just won't seem to budge from five at the back, will he? Um, I just, I, we always have that. We've had this debate for a while, haven't we? With some some games, I feel like a four at the back and an extra man up front, we could do with, but I'm not sure Warburton's going to change even now. No, I, I well, I don't, I, I don't think he will, and I think I've heard of something. I've heard that he's not. Two, you know, two defeats. He's not, he's not going to change up the formation. You know, it doesn't work like that. I don't, does it? You'd, you'd like to think he'd change it up, but I think he'll just be a straight dicky out, Sanderson in, Jobby. Let's go again. Uh, that, that's my thought. I think what he'll go on Saturday. Our forward line is an issue, isn't it? I think we all know that. I think we rely heavily on Cher and Willock, um, which is fine because they're great football players and. And a lot of the time, they all do something magic and they will pull someone out of the bag. And defensively, we're good enough now where, you know, we can win 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. But we need our strikers doing more. That's the reality. You know, Dykes, Gray, and Austin, they need to, it, from a goal-scoring perspective, um, but whether they're getting enough service or not, I guess is a different debate. I, I'm never... A, Dykes for me is I don't know I'm, I'm I'm in the middle but more going towards the fact that I just not sure he's I don't know he, I don't know whether he needs a, a two up top with him to get the best out of him or whether sometimes I feel it's like a trampoline it just the ball just sort of comes off him doesn't it, it just and then he's always and then he's trying to chase it down and get it back and he makes a foul or something and you know we don't we don't play with the ball in the box do we. We don't just not knocking balls in the box all the time like a, you know, an old, an old Cardiff or West Brom. We don't do that. Where I don't know whether that would benefit him. I'm not sure. I don't know what your views are. I think my my biggest criticism, you know, criticism this you know this season that I know we have been winning, but for me it's it's just these slow starts. I just mm. I find it so frustrating as a fan to to watch it. I just you know I get it, but. We should be going from the whistle, and you know, Wolverton probably is saying to him, you know, that we need to be going from the whistle, we need to be doing this, but it's just not working. I just don't think when's the last time we absolutely dominated a team? In the it, first it comes down to pace, doesn't it? I don't know. I just think that tempo is all to do with how quickly you get the ball and transition. And if it's not sticking up top, you can't. You can't do that transition. You can't do that tempo, I guess. You can press, but when you get it, you've got to be able to go and go again. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure in the formation of five at the back. I don't know. just don't think it, it, it makes it difficult. But you're right, Brad. I, I think our, I've not seen a game recently where the first 15 to 20 minutes, I can sit back and go, we've dominated that. Even the Reading game, I thought Reading started better. Um, I think, fuck... As a, for the season so far as a whole, can you ever say that we've really performed well in many games this season? No, but we've done something that we haven't done in other seasons, which is we're much more um, solid. Grind out wins, yeah. And, um, so, but the fact and, we're, we're still fourth and we've not really peaked. No, uh, but, uh, but now I'm starting to think that we won't peak. <laughs> That's the yeah. problem. 
Yeah, you this know, is the problem. Like I said, no, I said a couple of weeks ago that we could have a, a blip, and I think I'm hoping these four games where we haven't won now is our blip, and hopefully we come out of it now. Because if it carries on and we lose the next couple of games or drop more points the next couple of games, we could find ourselves getting to the like being sixth and literally starting to fall out of the playoffs. You know, I think if we fall out now, I don't think we'll get back in. Oh, it's tough. I mean, it's very tough to call. I just don't, I hope that this is not a, you know, a bad streak coming, you know. But I think that squad there, we can pick ourselves back up. You know, I think two or three losses, we've got a squad there that can pick ourselves back up. We just need to rotate it. I think, you know, there's a lot of movement in that squad for rotation, isn't there, really? Looking the likes on the bench, you've got Hendrick, Amos, you know, maybe... Each week, I I say it, I just think Johansson, I, you know, he's captain. You do need him in your team, and I'm, you know, I'm a re- big fan of his, and he's been brilliant. But if he's not performing, then and you, you keep, for me, I'd keep Amos in. I, I don't know what you're. Amos about. has been really unlucky, mate. Really unlucky to yeah. not to, to to not just be dropped, but not to somehow not find his way back in in the last few games. Um, I just, it's funny, isn't it? Because we all wanted all of our players back, and the, you know, we were all happy that we've got a full squad but wonder whether that's making it more difficult and player unrest and I don't know it's difficult Austin's going to want to play isn't he? you know Gray want to play Amos must be unhappy that he's had a really good last month and he's been dropped for four games three or four I games I think the surprising thing to me with Amos this form being as good as it was Chair instantly I understand coming back in for the Peterborough game but then instantly starting again every game since. I mean, because he hadn't played, he what, played half an hour for Morocco while he was out in, Af- in AFCON. Senny's come back and hasn't got back in the team. So what's the difference there? I think um, Warburg's just got to find a way to fit Jerry Willick in. I, I don't know. I, you've got to play them, haven't you? I don't know. Surely, yeah, but, I, for me. But Amos was on form, that's what we were saying, like, you really saw, like, over the course of January, he was really starting to hit his peak. And against Reading, he seemed to get his goal, and that was it. And you thought, right, he's really going to kick on now. And then he's been dropped from the team. I've, my views are, I think he'd be back on Saturday. I think he'd be in the starting 11. Yeah. I yeah, I think yeah. so. I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Uh, one, one, one other observation, and I probably we won't go too much on the negativity, but I thought the fullbacks have been. <laughs> Albert seemed really off, I don't know, on the last couple of games. Oh. Moses is he's okay, but he's just a bit, he's just, I don't know. I've always thought off, especially on the right side, at times we can be a bit, um, you know, Albert's not a right wing back, is he? And just think, I thought that, uh, I thought on um, the last game, I thought it, that was clear. The goal that Mill scored, he was well out of position. I don't know what he was doing or where he was, um, but he looked a bit off and, Moses playing left wing back. I don't think that's the answer. Think, to be honest, no. you, I, I didn't think um, Adoma looked looked in the game at Borough as well at home. I don't know what it was on that. I just, I, I guess no, players it, fall in that form, don't they? But they? And, and I, I, you know, we've got to be grateful for what he's done for us. At, you know, the age he's been, and you know, he's been brilliant leading up. Like you say, it happens. Yeah. I think I, th- I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what is Dieng coming back. Well, I, I was just know. about to say that I, I generally don't think that Marshall's going to be dropped, you know, and I don't think he, he is. I, 
I really don't think he will he'll drop him. What I don't understand though, and it comes back to the Amos point, is that Amos plays amazing and gets dropped for chair, but but Marshall can't get dropped for Dieng. Or it or doesn't seem like he's going to be. I don't know. No, like this is well, I agree, like it's just it's confusing, isn't it? Like you don't understand like sometimes I think this what I always say about Warbs being stubborn. And I feel like for some reason he feels Chair needs to be in the team because we all know Chair is on his day, his ability is top level in this league. He's up there in this league as being one of the best attacking midfielders. But when you go away and you don't play football for a month, that's going to affect you like even more so as an outfielder to our compared to a goalie. So the fact that he's come straight back in, but Senny hasn't, I find strange. Yeah, and is that Warburton showing favouritism to certain players? No, but I, I think that's a lot of rubbish, my personal view. But I think, for me, I think Marshall's been, he's been wearing a shirt for the previous games and he's been doing the job. For me, why would you take someone out of that shirt? Yeah, but Amos is doing the job. Yeah, but he's put chair in as a gamble for the attacking, for the attack that we need in the squad. We need but him. We haven't lost the game. We've been scoring goals. So uh, what's your well, point? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose. Well, yeah, but I just don't think he's doing it in favouritism. I don't think he's, oh, look, I'll put chair in because it's chair. I don't think he's doing that. He can obviously see something in chair coming in, I guess. I don't know. I just think, well, it's a bit of bad form. It's just, I think it's just the way it's come about. We will lose games. From, yeah, we'll still lose games from now to the end of the season. I think it's just the how poor we were. Really, also, and how I we... think it's like you say, it's the games that like Barnsley, where every fan probably that day think we should be fresh. Oh, we all do. We all called it, didn't we? Yeah. Every single yeah. one of us said we. It's nailed on. We're going to lose today. It's just weird, isn't it? It's like a mindset thing. Um, it's just a matter of the, you know, it's, like you say, it's the start that we're poor. It's the start of the second half. We're, both games we were really poor at the start of second half. So I don't know whether it's team those these two teams thinking that we were a good. Well, we are a good side. And then actually on the day thinking, blimey, we could have these here. And they just grew in confidence and grew in confidence. It is surprising as well, though, because Warburton normally at half-time really gets into them. If we've not performed well in the first half, like I'm going to go back to like the West Brom game, we were poor in the first half. And literally second half came out, first 15 minutes, we were flying. Yeah. And we've done that a few times where we've been poor in the first half. But like you said, the last couple of games, poor in the first half. And then we come out second half and been poor as well. I think Dicky having a suspension is is good. Is good. I think it's good for him. He's played every game this season. He needs a bit of a rest. Um, Sanderson coming in feels like there's not. We're not losing too much. And, um, no. and actually, what it could be good because I think Sanderson has a couple of good games. Dicky's got up his game and get back in. Do you know what? Yeah, that's a great shout. I, I, I agree with you. I think you know Sanderson could come in and like we talk about Marshall and Dieng, he could, that could be his position. Dicky has to fight for it. But... So, what do you think Sanderson's got to do to keep that position though? Two clean sheets, or do you just think Warburton will come straight back in and be like, Dickie's back, he's back in the team? This is what I mean. Like, I don't, you just don't know what Warburton's going to do at the minute. Good performance, surely. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know who's going to come out. Someone might get injured or suspended. But, I, you know, I think Sanders has got him in him to keep, got it in him to keep Dickie out of the team. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, but There's that, one player who we should really talk about. I don't know. We've, we haven't really covered much about him. Who's who's earned that shirt? And it's got to be Field. I think Field's been brilliant for us. And I don't think 
we give him his due, really. We don't talk about him that much, but Field has been superb for me watching him in these games. He's been one of our best players. Yeah, he's, he's at the moment. Yeah. I mean, this team sheet changes. You know, when we talk about the first name on the sheet, on the team sheet, because all the players are pretty similar, you know, you've got your Chrissy Willicks, you know, your Elias is, but then after then, I guess it's just interchanging and Field now is just right up there, isn't he? Yeah, him, him and Jimmy Dunn, aren't they? Still, still our most Dunn, consistent performers. Know, they've got to be up there. Yeah, they're up there, mate. Um, so yeah, he's been brilliant, mate. I mean, you just the midfield. It, he's just he, he is mobile, isn't he? I, I feel like when I first watched it, I, he's not very mobile, but the, he is actually really mobile. But he gets around the pitch really well. He's like a gazelle, isn't he? he just goes. Um, you see his legs all leg, isn't he? Um, this is who you play next to him. But that's the that's the challenge because we lo- we're losing a lot of these games through our centre midfield. I've said it for yeah. weeks and weeks. Um, our centre midfield in this formation isn't good enough. Um, but what what I don't understand where you say that is right. We you say that, but we have no we have so many options in that centre midfield. No, but it doesn't matter because it's the formation that leaves us open. We you know, are so that. stretched, and and Johansson doesn't just play yeah. centre midfield. He, and he hasn't got the legs off. In the second half, he was on the right-hand side just as much as he was in the centre. And it, it leaves so much work. for it, What it makes is the centre-half to step in or it means us to move across. And, and then it just and it makes create space. Wherever we move, there's going to be space. Um, so I just feel like... And it's not... You know, it's, it's worked up until the last two weeks. So, you know, I don't want to moan about it too much. But I do feel like most weeks our centre midfield is where we lose the battle and we yeah. lose it. Um, maybe change I, I it up think, a bit then. Well, I was going to say, Reading away, we played two up top with three in midfield, didn't we? And that was when we were probably one of our most dominant performances. So whether that's something Warps could go back to again, but then again, it means depending if you're going to play like Chris Willock up top with Dykes, you're going to drop Chris. Well, Chris I like Amos and Janssen in there, interchanging. I've said it a few times on the pod. I feel like that works. Field, Amos, Janssen, and interchanging, and interchanging like number 10, if you like, where, you know, Amos, one of them will be further forward. One of them will sit back, reserves energy. Um, yeah. But what that means is, is you lose one of Cheryl Willick. So I've got a shout, right? I've got a shout. I don't know. I've just thought about it in my head, so it could be dangerous. But <laughs> why, why can't we bring Amos in, right? Drop Dykes, Austin, and Gray, and play Willock up top. I've just thought, why, why not go for a Willock up top? <clears throat> it's physicality, isn't it? You, you, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Willock does play up top, doesn't he? Mm, he plays up of. alongside Dykes, don't you? Quite often. Yeah. You find him quite he's that pushed just up. Drop, extra. drop Dykes, Gray, and Austin. I know that's harsh as it sounds because you need, but put Willock up top for a game and bring Amos or. Or Dizelle back in, or or Hendrick. Hendrick's got coming somewhere. This is what I'm saying now. When when Dickie's out now, Warburton could go to a back four and put an extra body in midfield. Yeah, and win, and then we would we would have more of a chance of winning that midfield battle. And then we can leave Chair and Willock up top with Dykes. But then we've got the three man midfield. We could have Steph. We could have Field. We can have Amos. And Amos and Field give will give all the energy. Then Steph has the ability then to he can be the floater. He can play the passes and do the be the luxury player that he is without getting overrun and being quite out of position at the time. Yeah, yeah fair enough. So what have we got? Hull up next, Blackpool up next. Well, what are we thinking two home games? It's just 
Oh, games we should win, really, and it's worrying. We need it? we need six points. That's I'm, just it, hoping, I'm just hoping the ball, the wind finds the ball and it goes to Dyke's head. <laughs> yeah. Windy day, isn't it? I don't know how we're good. Yeah. Bit worried um, about the game. But the thing is, that, it, it shouldn't affect our football too much, because we like to keep it on the ground. So, what team do you think you'll go for Saturday? Is that a few changes? Obviously, I think Amos will come in. I think Sanderson will come in. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Dien came in. I'm, I'm not you saying he will. Dien's going to come in, yeah. I don't. I don't think he will, yeah. but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. That would, I guess. We'll do a little bet on it, eh? We'll do a bet. <laughs> I'll do Marshall. You do Dien. It gets the burger in the ground. All right, mate. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> it's always got to be food if you had it, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, my predictions for Saturday, I'm going to go 2-1. QPR. I'm going to go 1-0. Oh. I'm going to go Austin off the bench. <sighs> well, I feel like we need six points for the next two games, so I'm going to say 2-0 as well. Lovely. Fair enough, lads. We'll leave it there. Um, let's wait for a win Saturday. We'll keep safe tomorrow with the storm. So we get yeah. so we get through it, and um, let's hope for some six points. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora. Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.